0: Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As an Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I'll be reviewing 1995's Hackers. Hi, guys, welcome to the show. This is episode 95 of I Watch This As an Adult Movie Podcast. I am. This is. This is very cool because I am five episodes away. Am I five episodes away or four episodes away? Five or four episodes away. I'm not really sure. I'm not. I was never a math whiz, but you know. But I'm either five or four episodes away from my 100th episode. Like 100 is creeping up on me, and. I'm very happy about that. I didn't even think I'd get. To, I didn't even get. I get the ten episodes, let alone hundred. Every episode is an accomplishment to me. You know, every episode is an accomplishment to me. Uh, so me getting to 100 episodes, never thought I would do it, but it, it's coming up. I'm I'm halfway there, and I'm not gonna stop. So and thanks to everybody that's uh, been with me along the way. That's been listening has been downloading the podcast if you're not downloading the podcast you need to download the podcast that helps out a lot uh, comment on the podcast on Apple uh, podcast uh, uh, give me five stars on Apple podcast that helps out a lot I'm trying to make it to, I'm trying to make it to 500k this year actually I'm trying to make it to 500k by next month I uh, hope to have 500k. Uh, downloads by next month is this it's, it's my goal so whatever you gotta do you guys boost me up there man boost me up there on, on in the Apple podcast so people can see me more I'm starting to get noticed I'm starting to get noticed but I need more notoriety I need more notoriety nor- more notoriety download the podcast comment on the podcast tell me what you think about it please tell me what you think about it five star it or yeah, five star. Right? I don't know if one stars are good, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if one stars are good. Give me five stars if you like the show. Five star it, comment. Tell me how great it is. Uh, it helps me in the uh, in the, in the algorithm. It helps me with old L G rhythm. If you know if you know that uh, reference from uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy, which is a terrible movie, but uh, but anyway, <laughs> it helps me out there with old L G rhythm uh, algorithm. Uh, to to, to get noticed and like I said, trying to reach that 500k if if you're a fan of your boy if you care uh, you do all those things tell your friends, tell your family members if they like movies, if they're movie lovers hey, oh yeah, this is the podcast for you, listen, I watch this as an adult movie podcast, if you like nostalgia, if you like movie reviews this is the podcast for you so, get it out there now that I'm done uh, pimping, uh, let's talk about let's talk about what uh, things I watched this week. <laughs> let's talk about things I watched this week. Uh, uh, this past weekend, I was just I was just pretty much laying laying around, uh, I'm trying to see I'm trying to think what day I uh, watched this movie because today when I'm recording this whenever you're listening to this is on your leisure, uh, I'm recording this on a Sunday afternoon, uh, since I can't watch my, uh, I can't watch my Cowboys play, uh, so, I really had a dilemma this, I really had a dilemma this Sunday, because I'm like, because I'm like, damn, i I'm like, damn, I got to record this Sunday, but my cowboys are in the playoffs. You know, so do I want to watch this? Do I want to watch this? Do I want to watch this game? Or do I want to record this podcast? And then they say, oh, this uh, game's not available in your area. So I was like, oh, makes it easier for me to record the podcast. So, but anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway, this past weekend, I watched a movie called Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, it stars, uh, Andrew Garfield. It's directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, from Hamilton fame. And, uh, one of my favorite movies of 2021, In the Heights. Uh, so, and automatically I saw that, uh, cause this is the thing about this. Before I go any further, I heard about this movie. I heard about this movie, Tick, Tick, Boom. I heard that Andrew Garfield was trying to promote it. Uh, but people kept asking him about fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> you know <laughs> That was the thing about it. That was the whole thing. He was trying to promote this movie. And people were asking, are you in the new Spider-Man movie? Are you coming back as Spider-Man? And he, he went on a whole lying tour <laughs> to stop, to, to prevent people from knowing that he's in Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. <laughs> Is No Way Home? Yeah, No Way Home. You, to prevent people to know that he's in Spider-Man No Way Home, he was just like... Uh yeah no I'm not I'm not in that movie who told you that I don't I, it's lies that's lies they're not don't listen to those people I'm not in Spider Man and then he fucking shows up in Spider Man you know <laughs> it's actually the worst kept secret ever because I was like I know you in Spider Man like but I'm gonna still get hype, because I never thought that Andrew Garfield was a bad Spider Man that's the thing I never thought that Andrew Garfield was a bad Spider Man. I just thought he was in bad Spider-Man movies. Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2, shitty fucking movies. I'm sorry. They're, they're right there at the bottom. But anyway, but yeah, I heard a lot of buzz about this movie, tick, tick, boom. And I saw that it was on Netflix. And I was like, oh, this movie's on Netflix. I could I could finally watch it now. So I finally watched it. Like I said, it's from uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's the director he's the director of this movie uh this movie is an autobiographical tale about uh musical playwright Jonathan Larson who is responsible for the musical Rent he made Rent uh that's probably a movie I don't know if that counts in the time frame that I could but I've seen Rent I've actually seen Rent before (laughs) and the movie I've seen the movie rent and I was like that movie's not that good <laughs> the movie version of rent is not good i seen parts of the play I like parts of the play It looks pretty good like I like that uh that song like I forgot the name of the song the the main song in uh rent it was like 525 hours 600 minutes or whatever the fuck I don't know why I sounded like a uh old uh opera lady like some fat lady singing shit, you know, I don't know why I sounded like that, but, uh, <laughs> that voice just came out of me, like, an old, white, fat lady that sings opera possessed me, and just, uh, got into my body, and made me start singing like that, cause I really don't sing like that, I don't know why that popped out of my mouth, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I saw, uh, I like that song, that song's pretty good from Rent. Uh but yeah he he, so he was a playwright. He also wrote another uh musical called the Tick Tick Boom, which I've never seen. I've never seen so like this is kind of like an autobiographical tale about him. He was trying to get this uh this uh space opera done. Like it's like a space opera play called Superbia. Uh so like it's like a space rock opera and he was its like this this is pretty much the journey of him trying to get that done uh and like he's he's dreading he's like dreading the fact that he's turning 30 in a couple weeks which I I understand you know like <laughs> I was like I turn not to age myself but well, I am aging myself but I turned 40 in like 3 more years so like I understand like 40 is the new 30 if you ask it if you ask me because a lot of people back in the day they dreaded turning 30 because if you because like it was like if you if you weren't together at 30 you were a fucking loser <laughs> you know so <laughs> you were a loser at 30 but like it's kind of like if you're not together at 40 uh you, yeah you're done you know so <laughs> but i'm not but i'm just like but I'm just like 40 is the new 30. That's all I got to say. 40 is the new 30, but, um, uh, yeah, so he's, he's dreading turning 40. He's dreading turning 30. And so like, he's trying to get this stuff done as fast as he can. He's trying to get this stuff done as fast as he can. Uh, he ended up he like the, the, the real life, Jonathan Larson actually ended up dying at 35. I'm actually a year older than Jonathan Larson was before he died. So, uh, when he died, so, I was like, damn, I'm like, I made it a year more than him, that's, that's an accomplishment, but, um, yeah, so, like, he, cause, like, he finally, um, he finally made it, and I think, like, in his mid-30s, around, like, 33, 34, uh, he died at 35, so, like, he finally got what he wanted, and then he just dropped dead, and I was like, that's kind of sad, it was like, he Cause if you watch this movie, he's been trying. Cause like he's been writing this movie, he's been, like he's because he was talking about the fact that he's been writing this play, *Superbia*, for eight years. That's eight years of his life. He's been writing this play. So he he spent most of his life doing this, and he finally reached the apex in like his mid thirties, and then he died. And I was like damn I was like that sucks cause like Rent went on especially Rent, Rent went on to be like a, a powerhouse and like that went on to be a powerhouse super smash success and he's not he's not alive to uh, to reap that reward reap all the rewards all the all the all the awards and everything he didn't he didn't get to see the Rent movie I don't know how he would have felt about that, because like I said, I'm not really a fan of the Rent movie, but he didn't get to see it. But anyway, uh, let's get into this movie. Let's talk about the movie Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, I kind of did talk about the movie in a bit, but let's talk about performances in this movie. I was like, dude, um, there are a couple of things in here that I didn't like. Let's start before I before I start with the... Uh, just talking to us before I start talking about performances. Um I don't like that they uh, race swapped two of the characters. Uh two of the characters in this movie are race swapped. Uh we got uh Alexandria Ship, who you may know, she played uh Storm in those uh later X-Men movies. She played, she was in uh, X-Men Apocalypse, uh, X-Men uh Dark Phoenix. Was there another X-Men movie before that? Which she, that she was in I don't even remember but uh <laughs> I was like those are the only two I remember I think she was probably in one like in the middle of Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix but I don't remember it that's because I don't really fuck with those X-Men movies those X-Men movies are fucking terrible to me and I love the X-Men the X-Men are my favorite superhero group but I don't fuck with those movies uh but uh she Alexandra Ship plays uh Jonathan Larson's girlfriend, Susan Wilson, who I found out, I did some research on Susan Wilson, because I couldn't find Susan Wilson, <laughs> uh, turns out Susan Wilson is not real, Susan Wilson is actually a, a girl that he dated in the early 90s named, uh, Victoria, I believe her name is, is it either Victoria or Veronica, I forgot the name, it starts, something starts with a B, is it Victoria or Veronica, Uh, and I saw a picture of him with her and I was like, yeah, that makes sense because I don't want to bring in race. I know it's a hard pill to swallow. Talking about race is a hard pill to fucking swallow, but I'm just saying this as a, as a black guy that knows things, uh, there's no way that a, uh, musical theater white guy is dating a black girl in 1990. I'm sorry, just doesn't make sense to me, you know, like, just doesn't make sense to me, you know, so I was like, so I had to look her up, I was like, mmm, that makes even more sense, like, his real girlfriend is white, and I don't know why they had to make, uh, his girlfriend, black for this movie, I don't understand it, why they had to do that, I don't, also don't understand, uh, why they had to make one of his, uh, theater buddies, Roger Bart, a, uh, a black man, you know because Roger Bart is real I looked up Roger Bart and he's a white guy (laughs) you know Uh, in this movie he's played by a black actor named Joshua Henry Joshua Henry has a great voice by the way this is a musical by the way (laughs) forgot to mention this is a this is very much a musical uh but like Joshua Henry has a great fucking voice man dude's voice is amazing but uh every time he sung I was like oh man I'm like this guy's great uh but um but uh Yeah, I didn't understand why they race swapped those two characters for inclusion. I was like, I don't really, all this inclusion shit, I I, I hate to stand on my soapbox, but I am. I'm going to stand on my soapbox right now. All this inclusion stuff, we don't need it everywhere. We just don't. We don't need it everywhere. If a character's white, you can make them white. You don't have to make them black just to please us, you know, if John Larson only hung around white people his whole entire life, then he just hung around white people his whole entire life. He doesn't... Like, the last thing I want to be is a fucking token. Okay? It's the last thing I want to be. It's like when people compa- complain about how there's no black people on Friends. I watched, like, a, a, a documentary about that. I watched a documentary like like, TV. They were talking about, like, television in the 90s, and they got to Friends. And they were complaining... Uh, like black people on that documentary that were complaining about black people not being on friends like they didn't have any black friends and I'm like who gives a fuck you know <laughs> I'm like seriously I was like who gives a shit I was like if there was a black person on friends they wouldn't pay attention to him anyway it's like either he's going to be the token negro or he's going to be the invisible negro Cause that's all we were in the 1990s on white television shows, <laughs> and like it's got better now. I think they're trying to think in now terms how black people even on white shows have, uh, you know, uh, anonymity. You know, like we we have a storyline, we have uh, we we have a presence. Like they, people actually talk to us and pay attention to us now, but in the 90s. If a black person was on a white show, he was either the token Negro or the invisible Negro, <laughs> okay? It was like, they either, either, he was there to say some stuff like, it's kind of like Not Another team Movie, like the dude, like, uh, the dude that was playing that, he was like, I'm the token black guy. He was just like, I'm here to just say, nah, that's whack, or, oh, hell nah, you know, like, they're there to, for flavor, that's all they did. They, either they're there for flavor, or they're the invisible Negro that nobody pays attention to. He says something, everybody laughs, and then they just forget that, that them. They, they forget that that Negro exists the entire episode. You know, <laughs> like, he has no storyline. He has no purpose. Nothing. So, I really don't care about not. I'm, I'm being. I'm being honest. I really don't care. About being in white person in white white people's world, I really don't care. I really don't give a shit. You know, so you don't have to placate to me and race swap characters just to make me happy. I would have still watched this movie if it was all white people. I've watched I've watched television shows and movies filled with filled with all white people. I listen to heavy metal music and hard rock music where like the whole band is white you know I don't care I don't care if there's no black people in the room I really don't give a shit if the shit's entertaining if I like it I'm gonna watch it or listen to it I don't care you did not need to do this this was the only problem I had with this movie other than that I think this is the best movie of uh 2022 right now so far for me you know, I think this came, this came out in November of 2021, but I'm watching it in 2022, so, uh, for me, it's the best movie of 2022, so, uh, you know, because I was like, dude, this movie is fucking amazing, you know, like, I fell in love with Tick, Tick, Boone, I was like, Lin-Manuel, Miranda, you bastard, you've done it again, because <laughs> I was addicted to Hamilton, I was playing the goddamn, I think I it on this podcast, I was playing the goddamn soundtrack in my car. I was running, I was just in my car, I wanna be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens, and all that shit, and singing the 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 Upstate song, and you know, like the song with like Alexander Hamilton and his wife and her sister talking about going upstate and shit, and like I love that fucking song, and uh <laughs> and uh I was addicted to In the Heights. I watched In the Heights like four fucking times in a row. Uh, I, I watched this movie. I watched this movie twice already. I watched Tick Tick Boom twice already. I'm like Lin Manuel Miranda, you've done it again. You know, I was like, why do you keep doing this to me? I was like, what are you doing to my body, Lin Manuel Miranda? <laughs> you know. <so laughs> uh, but yeah, man, this movie's fucking fantastic. It's great. I love all the songs in here. Uh we got uh Black Thoughts in here from The Roots. He's got a song in here called The Play Game. Oh uh, like he's rapping. i was like that's pretty dope. Uh there's a song towards the uh towards the the end of the um towards the end of the uh movie. Uh it's where uh Jonathan Larson has the uh he has a uh a workshop. And, like, he's working out superbia. And, like, he... Because, like, uh, one of the... Uh, I don't know if it was, like, Steven Soderheim. Because, like, uh, Bradley Whitford plays Steven Soderheim, the creator of West Side Story, in this movie. And I don't know if it was him or somebody else was telling him, like, you need another song. And, uh... And he got the song. And that song is one of my favorite songs. I, I'd i have to look it up. I, I, I don't know the name... I have to look it up. I don't know the name of that song, but like they do it again at the uh, they do like a, a better version of it at the end in the the credits. And that's a great that's a great uh, version of that song, too. I like the version of that song. Uh, God dang it. I don't know the name of the song. You know, <laughs> I don't know the name of the song, uh, but like they were talking about. But like what of the lyrics that stuck? out? say like I'm talking about a music box melody or something like that, but I don't know the name of the song. But, like, it's a great fucking song. I like that song. Uh, it's sung by, uh... Because it's sung by Alexandria... Alexandria Ship, and In the movie. Alexandria Ship and, uh... Vanessa Hutchins sang the song. In, uh... In the movie. But it's sung by somebody else at the in, at the In the ending credits. And I don't know the name of that singer. I did not look that... I did not look that up. But I like that song. Uh... There's another song in here where, um... Where, um... Real Life, it's called Real Life, uh, the song, the, not that song, but there's another song in here where like, uh, Jonathan Larson has a friend named Michael, who is, uh, gay, and he finds out that he has, uh, HIV, and it's like a, it's like a goddamn, like, punch to the stomach to him, you know, <laughs> and he's, he, and he's, he and John are trying to cope with that and, like, there's a song in there that they sing, it's called, uh, it's called, uh, Real Life, and, and, uh, it's just, um, it's called Real Life, and I'm like, that song's re- really fucking powerful, because it's just, like, Michael coming to terms, and Michael coming to terms that he has HIV, and I'm like, damn, I was like, that song kind of made me cry a little bit, I ain't gonna lie, but, uh, <laughs> I was like, I had a couple of tears in my eyes when he was singing that song, but, uh, <laughs> but uh not gonna lie uh come to your senses is the name of the song yeah it's come to your senses i like that song come to your senses is one of my favorite songs in that uh whole um in that whole uh movie yeah man i was like this movie is fantastic but um i hate to say it man but I was talking about Will Smith. I think I talked about this like either last week or 2 weeks ago when I was doing my best worst of 2021. I hate to say it, but I was talking about Will Smith has no competition <laughs> when it comes to the Oscars this year. I might have to walk that back. I might have to walk that back cuz Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield's doing the damn thing. Andrew Garfield is doing the damn thing in this movie. He is acting his goddamn ass off in this movie. He's singing. This motherfucker, like, cried, like, at least five or six times in this movie. (laughs) Like, tears just streaming in this movie from uh, Andrew Garfield. And I was like, damn. I was like, damn, man. I was like, Andrew Garfield might win the Oscar for this movie. (laughs) He might win the Oscar for this movie. And I was like, damn, Will Smith, you you lose again, you know, (laughs) I was like, because, like, I was talking, I was talking about this with my wife, even when I was watching King Richard, and I've said it on this podcast a bunch of times, talking about Will Smith, Will Smith doesn't know how to be vulnerable, Will Smith doesn't know how to lose himself in a character, and if he doesn't learn how to do that, and get rid of that, like, hip-hop bravado, and, and all this, like, all this like even though he's like not the the tough guy rapper, he still has a hip hop revival. Even the even the silliest or the most corniest of rapper still has that hip hop revival in them. It, like, you could be like a just a just a dude that ain't got you ain't never sell drugs, never sold drugs, you ain't never uh like went to jail or nothing like that. You could be a conscious rapper, like guys like common and Talib Kweli and most deaf guys like that—they still got hip-hop bravado. They still gotta be tough in this hip-hop game because somebody's gonna try them, and they—they can't—they can't be punks. So as long as Will Smith has that in him, he's never gonna win an Oscar. I'm sorry, like he's never gonna win an Oscar. Uh, as long as he can't let himself go and not be afraid to be vulnerable and not be afraid to uh to to do to go outside the box and do things that he thinks that the hip-hop world won't won't accept like him kissing a man he 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 was really he was in a movie called um god dang what's the name of that movie I've, i've i've seen the movie too i've seen the movie a long time ago uh god dang it it slipped my mind it's the movie slipped my mind but it's like one of his earlier movies and now I gotta look this up. Now I'm looking up stuff while I'm doing the podcast, which is something I never do. But um, I'm looking this up right now, and then I got the uh, I got the computer in front of me. Uh, what was the name of that movie? I know the name of it. It's it's on the tip of my tongue. It's a movie where he played like Sydney son. Six Degrees of Separation. That's the name of the movie. Six Degrees of Separation. And. Uh, He had to kiss, he had to kiss Anthony Michael Hall in that movie and he did not commit to the kiss. He didn't commit. And I'm like, dude, you can't be doing it. Like, I think even like he said, like James Avery, like, scolding him about that. He was just like, dude, if you can't do the kiss, don't take the role. You know, if you can't do that shit, don't take the role. You got to let yourself go. If they, if they want you to kiss a man, well then goddamn, you got to kiss a fucking man. You know? And he refuses to do things like that. He refuses to let himself go. He refuses to let himself be vulnerable. And as, like I said, as long as he does that, he's not going to win this Oscar. I'm like, Andrew, Andrew Garfield is going the fuck off in this movie. He is acting his goddamn ass off. He don't, he, he he's a little, he's a little homosexual in this role, because, like, he has, like I said, he has a gay friend named Michael, and, like, there's a couple of music numbers where, like, they're, like, dancing together, and, like, they're, um, like, he he kisses Michael on the forehead a lot, uh, in this movie, you know, like, because that's his friend, and he's gay, you know, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things in here that I'm, like, I'm looking at, I'm like, Will Smith would never do that shit, you know, so, (laughs) like, because he's too afraid of losing his, uh, hip-hop street cred, you know, so, it's like you gotta let and there's a lot of there's a lot of rapper actors that do that they're like they're they can't be seen as vulnerable they can't be they can't be caught out here uh doing stuff like that you know so at this point i'm just like why be actors if, like if you can't commit to the whole role why be actors you know because you got to commit you have to commit but yeah man I was, just, I was just looking at this i was like andrew garfield's gonna win the goddamn oscar isn't he because i'm thinking about the people that can win uh Cause like the front runners right now, I'm like, Will Smith is still, I think Will Smith might've dropped to third cause I'm hearing things about the tragedy in Macbeth and Denzel Washington is, 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 I heard that he's doing this damn thing in that movie, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, so like right now, uh, Will Smith is dropped to third, uh, because it, from for me right now at the top is Andrew Garfield and Denzel Washington right now. Um, like most likely Denzel Washington is going to get nominated. I think Will Smith's gonna get nominated, but he's not going to win again. Like front runner for me is Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield's gonna get that goddamn Oscar. Cause like I said, man, if, he's, if Will's not gonna commit, if he's not gonna commit and throw himself out there and be vulnerable and lose himself in a character. He's never gonna win an Oscar. He could be, he could fight for that Oscar till the day he dies. He's never gonna get it until he he lets go. He's never gonna get it until he lets go. But yeah, man, I recommend this movie. That's all I, that's all I wanted to say about it. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. I recommend this movie. Andrew Garfield's phenomenal. The whole cast is phenomenal. I love the whole cast. But the like, whole cast is phenomenal. The musical numbers are phenomenal. I recommend it. It's on Netflix. Go see it. Go watch Tick, Tick, Boom. It's great. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is uh, episode three of Book of Boba Fett. I watched episode three this past week. I watched episode three this past week, and it's still, it, it I don't know where the show is going, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys, man, <laughs> I don't know where this show is going, cause, I like, uh, the, episode one was episode one, episode two, uh, I was like, uh, okay, well, I didn't really care for it, and then episode three, I was like, episode three is gonna be the one, and... The first thing I liked about it, the first thing I liked about episode three, they got rid of the Tuskins. The Tusken Raiders are gone. They 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 did like a a, a slight flashback to Boba Fett, and the, uh, uh, he was like, I think he they he went out like on a journey or something like that. I think he went to go talk to the uh, goddamn. I keep forgetting these like these dudes' names. The fish face people. I forgot their names. They said their names, and I forgot their names. I'm sorry, I forgot their names. But he went to go talk to them and he said, I want my payment or something like that and he was like they was like, oh yeah um, blah 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 and uh, he came back to go see the Tuscan Raiders and the Tuscan Raiders were all slaughtered. They got murdered and I was like in the in the back of my head I was kind of like I was like, God damn, thank you. <laughs> I was like, thank God you know that the Tuscans are gone. We don't have to go back to the fucking Tuscan Raiders anymore. I wanted them to move on. Cause like this, this, for the most part, this episode was set in present day, uh, in present day times. Uh, cause like we got to see, a, we got to see a little bit more of Boba Fett doing his thing. We got to see a little bit more of what's going on in his current life. Uh, with, uh, being, being the, uh, the Damu and like running Tatooine and everything. So, um, we got the we got the jabba the hutt's um cousins i think they are because they were in episode 2 we got jabba the hutt's cousins again they came back uh the main thing i want to talk about the main thing i want to talk about the main event of uh, this whole uh episode was the fight between bubba fett and black cassian uh, i think there's his name black cassian he's the wookiee he's the black wookiee that was in episode 2 uh, he, he caught Boba slipping, I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> Black Chrysanthian, Black Chrysanthian caught Boba slipping, cause, like, he was in the little hyperbolic chamber, and he was about to get out that motherfucker, and he, and Black Chrysanthian was right there, he was like, get your ass out of there!" he grabbed him, grabbed Boba by his throat, he grabbed him by his throat, lifted him out that motherfucker, and, like, fucking like, choke-slammed him, and <laughs> I was like, wow, that's crazy, and, like, the fight itself was kind of weak. I'm not gonna lie. It was like <laughs> it was kind of weak because like he was kind of he was kind of getting the best of Boba. And uh, forgot to mention uh, Boba Fett has a gang now. He has a gang of like TikTokers. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I look at these guys, I was like, these guys look like a gang of TikTokers. They look like TikTok people with like uh, robot parts on them it looks really tacky, I'm sorry, I'm like, go look at that episode again, like, the, the Boba's gang, they look really tacky, because, like, they, like, they got, like, robot eyes, and robot arms, and robot legs, and all this shit, but the rest of them is human, and like I said, they look like a gang of TikTokers, and I was like, dude, there was somebody that even said, like, they look like the Power Rangers, because <laughs> they drop on these motorcycles, uh, because, like, uh, Boba's trying to get a, um, uh, appointment with the mayor again, and like the, like like I said, we talked about the mayor. The mayor kind of gangster, used th- threatening Boba Fett and shit like that, because he was talking, "Be careful how you talk to me, Mister Finn." He's like this big slug worm thing, and uh, <laughs> so uh, Boba and Fennec, uh played by Ming played by Ming Na Uh they go and. They gonna try to get an appointment with the mayor, and like the mayor's like assistant is just like he's a he's a little bitch ass. And he's just like, oh, um, let me go see what he's doing. And he go and he goes into like the mayor's chambers and he locks the door and he tries to run. So Boba sends his gang and they they're on these motorcycles <laughs> that are like multicolored, like these multicolored motorcycles. And they go off... They, they go off to try to chase the mayor's assistant. Which... It's the most... It's the most dull... Fucking... Chase I've ever seen. It's the most dull chase I've ever seen. But... There was somebody that put that chase... To Go-Go Power Rangers. <laughs> it's on YouTube somewhere. They put that shit up... They put that shit to Go-Go Power Rangers. And I was like... That is the funniest shit I've ever seen, (laughs) it's funny as fuck, but yeah, man, I was just like, I was just like, this episode uh, disappointed me again, I don't know if I could take any more of this shit, I don't know if I could take any more Book of Boba Fett, but for the sake of reviewing it, I'm going to, and the sake of being a completionist, I'm going to sit through this shit some more, so... This is this show has not been this show has not been good, honestly. Uh, I, I tried to give it I tried to give it a chance. I was like, episode one is only episode one. Uh, episode two, I was like, it's mm, a little bit better, but it's not my favorite. Episode three, I was like, mm, yeah, nah, you know. Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm not really feeling this show. I'm not feeling this show at all. But I will watch episode 4 I'm going to torture myself in episode 4 To see if anything interesting happens That's pretty much it That's all I got I'll be back with my review of Hackers Right after these messages Hey guys, welcome back to the show Hackers from 1995, you know I like to start out this podcast, I like to talk about how I saw the movie as a kid, how I saw this movie as a kid, I saw this movie randomly on TV actually, I was just sitting at the dinner table for some reason, I don't know why, I was sitting at the dinner table, and the way like our kitchen was made, it was like, It was like kitchen, dinner table, you had like a wall and the TV was like on the side in like the living room. So like you could like, you could kind of see the TV. You have to like sit back and see the TV, you know, from, from the table and like you could kind of see the TV. Uh, even when we moved and uh, we moved into a, a, a new house in 2000, what was that, 2001? It was kind of like that too, like the kitchen and the dinner table <laughs> were, the kitchen, like the dinner table is like next to the living room and like you could see the TV, so like I don't know how that happened twice, but you could see the TV every everywhere we moved, like you gotta make sure you see the TV, but uh, that was a thing in our in our household. I don't know what it was. It was just like, wherever we are, you gotta see the TV from the kitchen. You know? you know? If you're in the kitchen, you're eating, you're sitting at the dinner table, everybody's turning around. Gotta watch that TV. But, uh, you know, but I, don't know how, I don't know how that happened. Every time. It was like that. But anyway, um, but yeah, I would, like, have to see, and, like, I was sitting at the dinner table. I think I was, like, eating cereal or some shit. I think, like, I was ask my mom for cereal or something like that. She was like, hey, here's, here's some fucking cereal. And, uh, you know, so <laughs> probably eating corn pops or something like that. I like corn pops as a kid. I was probably eating like fucking corn pops. I was eating corn pops. And uh, I was just flipping through the channels. And this movie caught my eye, man. I didn't know what it was. All I saw was like a kid. And like this kid's getting like busted in on by the... By the fucking feds and like they pulling this kid out. Cause I thought it was a kid's movie at first. I thought Hackers was a kid's movie. So like they pull this kid out and like then he's on trial and shit. And I was like, yo, man, this is kinda dope. You know, so <laughs> I was like this is kind of this is kinda awesome. And like this movie just caught me. like I said, this movie just caught my eye, and I've been obsessed. I've, was obsessed with this movie for a while during my childhood I think it's the reason uh, I got into like the computer field low key <laughs> but you know <laughs> cause I was in the I've, I've been in the computer industry I'll go more in that later as this movie goes along cause there's things in this movie I was like alright whatever but, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but anyway I was obsessed with this movie man and it was, it was just my thing man I just I love this movie as a kid uh let's get into the technical this movie was directed by Ian softly the screenplay was written by Raphael Muru and the movie had a budget of 20 million dollars and brought in twenty eight point seven million dollars at the box office it didn't really make its money back really <laughs> like it made like what eight dollars back <laughs> <laughs> or something i don't know but uh maybe like eight eight thousand dollars back i think it made like eight thousand dollars back and that's not enough to, to 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 fit that but they spent 20 million you only made eight thousand back it's like not eight 8000000 8 million I'm, I'm i'm not a math whiz i already said this but uh you know <laughs> it made 8 million it made 8 million more at the box office um this movie has a Rotten Tomatoes score of thirty-two percent. It's Rotten Tomatoes. The only casting news I got about this movie that's weird was they were originally considering Quentin Tarantino as the villain. They didn't go with that. Uh, it was ninety-five. He's probably shooting something. I don't know, but was this the year *Dust Till Dawn* came out? He was probably shooting from Dust Till Dawn at this time. Who knows? I don't know. But um that's probably that's another movie I gotta review I've seen from Dust Till Dawn. That's that's a pretty dope movie, um, from what I remember. But anyway, uh other than that, it was just the two stars, John Lee Miller and uh, Angelina Jolie got married shortly after the film wrapped. And then they got like divorced in like ninety-nine, I believe, so that was that. But other than that, there's not really a story to this movie uh let try to look for some stuff try to look for some some juicy things to talk about but that's pretty much it they wanted quentin tarantino as the villain and the two stars ended up uh ended up getting married um yeah that's pretty much it for 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 for, for technical stuff and there's no there's no uh <laughs> there's nothing else to talk about when it comes to that let's get let's get into this movie uh The opening of this movie, like I said, was wild as hell. Like a SWAT team busting on a little kid over a computer virus. (laughs) I was like, yo, man, that's crazy. Over a computer virus. Like you busting on an an 11-year-old boy for a computer virus. That shit is crazy. Um, Also, a young Felicity Huffman plays a prosecutor (laughs) in this movie, which I ironic now, if you know what happened to Felicity Huffman later on. <laughs> watching this movie, watching this movie, and looking at this movie, I'm like, this movie is very mid-90s. This movie is very mid-90s. Like, And the mid-90s were all about rebe- rebellion. Like, everything had to be extreme, and edgy, and, like, the X Games were big, and, like, uh, uh, pop punk was big, uh, electronica music was big, you know, like, stuff like, uh, the prodigy, and, uh, uh, like, uh, bands like that, like, a lot, there was a lot of, like, aggressive electronica music <laughs> going on in the mid-90s, you know, so, like, there was, all that stuff was, like, big in the mid-90s, so, like, everything, like I say, everything had to be edgy, everything had to be about rebellion, things like that, um, let's talk about the computer shit in here, first off. Let's talk about the computer shit in this movie. Watching this stuff in 1995 not gonna lie, not even 95. I think I saw this like a year later like 1996. Uh but watching this in 1996 and watching it now in 2022 like knowing what I know about computers now and working in the tech industry as long as I have. Uh, this movie is very dated and very far-fetched. From the beginning of this movie, I was saying in my head, You can't do that. You know <laughs> that was my main thing I was saying in this movie. I was looking at this, I was like, that's no way they could do that. Nah, that's that's not how that works. You know <laughs> that's the thing I was saying throughout this whole goddamn movie with the computer stuff. I was like, that's not how that works. You can't do that. You get caught doing that, blah, blah, blah. you like, they should have been in jail for that, blah, blah, blah. You know, all this shit. <laughs> like, there's no way they could bypass that and blah, 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 blah and bullshit. You know, like, I call bullshit on that, you know. <laughs> that was my whole thing so, uh, with this movie, because I was like, I've, I've, I worked on computers. I worked in the tech industry. I was like, this shit is not real. Uh, you can't do this shit. But anyway, um... Let's talk about the lead. Johnny Lee Miller plays the lead character Dade Murphy, aka Crash Override. Uh Just the problem I have with Johnny. Johnny Lee Miller is from the UK and his American accent is fucking terrible. He is a terrible act. He is a terrible American accent. It's like it sounds like he has fucking marbles in his mouth. He's like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" He sounds like Jimmy Stewart. That's what he sounds like. He, he sounds like Jimmy Stewart when he talks. And like he's he's he, he's like a prehistoric Tom Hardy. You know how Tom Hardy uh in these Venom movies, like the the, the, the American accent he has in these Venom movies, we just like I, 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 don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, just a terrible American accent. Uh so like Johnny Lee Miller is the prehistoric Tom Hardy because the dude talks like he has marbles in his mouth. And he speaks like I said, like he speaks like Jimmy Stewart. He, he sounds like a, like a night, like a guy from like the nineteen forties. Or I don't know. What do you mean? You know I mean? Like they're trying to hack the system. We we, we, we we gotta figure out how 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 we how we can do that. Like you can you, you need a better you need a better hard drive than, than that. Oh, bah, rah, bah. You know <laughs> that's, that's what Johnny e. Miller sounds like. Also, this character has a weird relationship with his mom. You know, they act more like a couple than a mom and son. Uh, I guess that doesn't help that she looks like five years older than him. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I was like, dude, like they should have got like an older mom. They should have got a woman that was like, maybe, I don't know in her 50s, I don't know how old this lady is, but she looks young as shit, she looks like she like 30, Oh, uh, like, she looked like she was like, she looked like she was like 30 years old, and I was like, dude, y'all shoulda got a, y'all shoulda got a, um, a older lady, I just looked her up right now, and I found out that she's dead, oops, uh, <laughs> You know, the lady that plays, uh, the lady that plays, uh, Johnny Miller's mother is dead now. I just looked that up. I was like, cause I wanted to know how old this lady is. I was like, yeah, she was probably 30. It was 1955. She was born in 1955. So I was like, she was probably 30 years old. And Johnny Lee Miller is, uh, right now he's 49. He's 49 years old. So he had to be in like his mid twenties. So like, she was probably five years older than him. Yeah. Most likely she was five years older than him. But, uh, yeah, man, it, they had a weird relationship to be, It was like, they do not look like a mother and son. Uh, it wasn't a mother and son relationship between them. Uh, he also goes to this high school full of, like, 25-year-olds. Like, everyone at this school looks old as shit. Like, everyone. There's a kid up in the there's a kid that comes out of one of the classrooms that, uh, 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 Dade talks to, that Dade talks to, and this, I was like, this dude looks 35, I was like, he, he has an old man face, talking about, talking about he's a high schooler, I was like, come on, man, like, be more realistic about this shit, man, be more realistic about this, um, but yeah, the high school is where we meet, uh, Angelina Jolie. Who plays uh Kate Libby, aka Acid Burn. And what do they focus on first when you see her? Her lips. They focus on her goddamn lips. You know, they they they, they couldn't go two seconds without sexualizing her. Like they, they they just couldn't do it. They they couldn't have the fucking restraint. just they just like goddamn, this bitch is hot, this is, that that was, that was the impulse, like, look at her lips, you know, like, know what you can do with those lips, but anyway, uh, yeah, this is her, this is also her first movie role, by the way, so, like, that's that, um, we also have, uh, this, uh, character in the movie named Phantom Freak, who's really, Flamboyant and androgynous. He, he he's played by a actor named uh, Ranoli Santiago, uh, who you might know from uh, Dangerous Minds. He's like actually one of the the, the, the troubled kids from Dangerous Minds. Uh, I think his name was. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot about that movie, but I think his name was uh, Raul. I think was his name. His name was Raul, and in that in that movie. But yeah, he was I think that came out in 1995 too, so he was probably shooting this in hackers at the same time. But anyway, that's a, that's a, that's not important. <laughs> that's not important. Uh, but yeah, he plays this very he plays this character that's very flamboyant, very androgynous. You don't know whether he's gay or straight. You don't know. Sometimes you don't even know if it's a boy or a girl. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, he's I like his character the most. Actually, He's a character I like the most. I like his character the most. Out of all of the characters in this movie, he's the one that stands out to me. I like him. Uh, Matthew Lillard is in this movie as well, doing Matthew Lillard things. If you've ever seen Matthew Lillard in a movie, you know what Matthew Lillard does. like, I swear, man, uh, Matthew Lillard is like the Ryan Reynolds of the 90s. (laughs) Because, like, both of them do the same things in movies. And after a while, that shit gets played out. You know, because, like, I'm, I'm getting fucking tired of Ryan Reynolds right now. I'm getting tired of Ryan Reynolds and fucking everything. Just doing his Ryan Reynolds shtick. You know, like, you need to calm that shit down. Calm that shit down. Like, he's like, he's Deadpool in every fucking movie. That's all he is. He's fucking Deadpool. I'm getting fucking tired of it. I'm sorry. I'm getting fucking tired of it. Um. All the hackers hang out in this lair that looks like Shredder's uh, party lair from the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> Cause like, they got like beer and pizza and uh everybody like smokes cigarettes and like it, there's like a lot of fucking loud music. There's a skate park, uh, video games, all this other shit. It like it looks like Shredder's party lair from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, that's the first half of this movie. I never realized. How slow the first half of this movie was! Like, we're still introducing, we're still introducing characters. Thirty minutes into this movie, it's like not every character shows up because you know how, a lot of times characters show up like within the, like the first like maybe like 10, 20 minutes of the movie. We're still introducing characters like thirty minutes in. Um, I guess I should mention um, Jesse Bradford. Jesse Bradford plays Joey. Uh, because he's kind of the reason that these guys get in trouble with the government in the first place. <laughs> cause like he has like this, uh, cause like, he's like the, the little youngling of the group of the crew. And he's like really trying to prove himself that he's the, one of the greatest hackers he, so he can hang out with them. So he does this thing where he hacks like government files and the government like fucking catches his ass. <laughs> and in that, in turn, gets the rest of the crew in trouble with the government. Um, the one thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about these computer screens. It's, the computer screen effects are laughable. There's a lot of computer screen effects in this movie. Every time the kids hack into something, they get like this bright, colorful screen. It's, it looks like, and it looks like they like hack. Into a portal from heaven, you know. <laughs> it's like every time they hagging or something, it looks like they're like this is bright light that shines on them. It's like, are they going to heaven? Is this where they're going? Uh, you know, but it, that's funny. I just wanted to point that point that out. Um, then we get introduced to the villain of the movie, called the Plague, played by Fisher Stevens, who comes in on a skateboard and wearing a fur coat like an x-games version of willie dynamite that's what he looks like he looks like an x-games version of willie dynamite this motherfucker comes in on a skateboard and a fur coat it's like i was expecting for him to get off the skateboard he's like how much money did my bitches make tonight <laughs> you know <laughs> that's what i was expecting <laughs> he's like like hey you won't know this bitch you know <laughs> some shit like that i was expecting that shit Like I said, we're still introducing characters 30 minutes into this movie because now we get introduced to both of the only black people in this movie, Lord Nikon, played by Lawrence Mason, and Agent Richard Gill, who's actually played by a family friend of ours, Wendell Pierce. Uh, I say a family friend, I don't know him personally i'm just gonna say that i don't know wendell personally he's uh one of my dad's uh old friends like one of my dad's childhood friends (laughs) and like he knows my he knows the rest of my family they hang out with him not hang out with him but like they know him they've seen him i think they've seen him recently i think even my dad hooked up i don't know recently and talked about some things but uh but yeah he's he's actually a uh family friend a friend of the family wendell pierce uh like i said I don't personally know him, so I'm not fucking flexing that shit, so, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, my family knows him, my dad knows him, he and my dad were friends, you know, that's all I, that's all I know about Wendell, you know, so, like, I'm not gonna be like, hey, I'm not gonna be like, hey, yeah, I know Wendell, I don't know shit about Wendell, <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> just, just, just to cover that, just to clear that up, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he plays the, he plays, like, one of the underling, agents um, agent, Agents, I think he's like kind of like the leader of the, 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 the agents, Richard Gill. Uh he's really good in this movie. I like him in this movie. Um Lord Nikon played by Lawrence Mason. I like him. Uh I don't know if I should say this on this podcast, like, but like he kind of looks like a male Rachel True. <laughs> I was looking at that dude, and I was kinda like, he looks like somebody. Um I was like and it finally came to me. I was like, he looks like a male Rachel True. Rachel True is an actress. Uh, she was like the other like black actress that they let be in white movies. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> she was in The Craft. Uh, she was in Half Baked. Those are like her two most famous movies. Uh, the Craft and Half Baked. Uh, she was in those two movies. But I was just looking at that dude. And I was like, you know what he looks like? He looks like a male Rachel True. That's what he looks like. Uh, lord nikon i'm gonna get more into lord nikon later um then we get this weird uh segment called hack the planet which looks like like some underground cable access show about hacking and it's hosted by these uh two androgynous asian dudes named razor and blade and like one of the things that they talked about that makes this movie so fucking dated (laughs) I'm sorry. One of the things they talked about this movie that makes this movie so fucking dated. They talked about how to hack a payphone. (laughs) They talked about how to hack a payphone. I was like, this movie old as shit now. (laughs) It's funny as fuck. And the winner for the weirdest actor, Exciting in this movie goes to mark anthony everybody mark anthony wins that award mark anthony is in this movie <laughs> and i was like what the fuck because i didn't even notice that was him the first time i saw this movie i was like i don't know who that is i thought that was like elder barge or some shit i don't know <laughs> i think i was like oh elder barge is acting a th- <laughs> that's what i thought it was I ain't know, cause I ain't know the fuck Mark Anthony was, first of all, I ain't know that nigga until like, wait, like 1999 or some shit, I ain't know that motherfucker existed, I was like, Cut. this whole time I thought that was Elder Barge, I was like, Elder Barge is acting now, oh shit, but uh, <laughs> that whole time I thought that was him, but it's Mark Anthony, and Mark Anthony, even in 1995, still built like a 12 year old boy, he is freakishly skinny, he is still freakishly skinny to this day because he's in uh the last thing I saw him in was in the heights. And I was like, dude, is this dude sick? Not making fun. But not making fun if he is sick. If he's sick, then okay. But if he's not, dude, like fucking eat a fucking deep disc pizza or something. Shit. It was like you need some meat on your bones, bro. I was like, you're You are freakishly skinny. Freakishly skinny. Let's move on. Lorraine Bronco. Is in this movie also. Uh, and the first thing she does. The funniest shit. The first thing she does. Is shit. On Fisher Stevens. Vampire pimp look. You know. <laughs> That's the first thing she's. You know. Cause this motherfucker. Walking here. Looking like vampire dolomite. You know. <laughs> this motherfucker. Uh, in, the, uh, in the office. Looking like a vampire pimp. I was like. What the fuck. People thought this was cool. In 1995. The, the, like I was saying, they, they shit on each other constantly. I like, I don't know if Lorraine Bronco and Fisher Stevens had like beef on the set, but they just kept throwing jabs at each other, and it's the funniest shit in the whole goddamn movie. Later on, you learn that they were fucking each other in the movie. Not in real life, but in the movie. Later on, you learn that they're, 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 they're banging. So uh, so that kind of throws that off a little bit. I was like, so no wonder there was fucking tension. It's sexual tension. But, uh, and they, like, they, they finally banged, so, so, yeah, um, I hate to shit on an actor, I really do, but it, I, I gotta be honest, but I see why Johnny Lee Miller didn't really go as far, because he's very wooden, He's very wooden with his reaction, and he is the doll's character in this movie. He's the dullest character in the whole goddamn movie. Everybody else has personality. Uh, even Matthew Lillard's crazy ass. You know, he has a lot of personality. Like I said, I like that phantom freak guy. I like Nor I like Lord Nikon. Lord Nikon's cool as shit. Um, and I like uh Joey. Uh uh Angelina Jolie's character, Acid Burn. She's okay. Uh speaking of Acid Burn, can you show boobs in a PG13 movie? Because for a split second, I saw one of Angelina Jolie's titties in this movie. Like the whole titty. Uh, cause like there's a scene, it's like a dream sequence where like uh Dade is uh, dreaming about uh Kate and like having sex with her, and like she comes in there, she's got like this biker, uh she's got like this biker jacket on, and like she unzips the jacket and she ain't got nothing known under it. Just she's fucking naked under there she ain't got no brown she ain't got no shirt on nothing and like she opens that up and you see like one of Angelina Jolie's titties <laughs> and like you see like the whole titty like nipple areola you see it all and that, that just made me wonder I was like can you show boobs in a PG-13 movie that was just my question I don't know because like even like they show like Jesse Bradford's butt for a split second I was like I think that's a real teenager <laughs> you just showed a real teenager's butt and, cause like I don't know if that's what got them the PG-13 like showing one of Angelina Jolie's boobs and showing Je- Jesse Bradford's butt but but yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I walked right into that one didn't I but but um, cause I'm thinking about it I don't think there's any curse words in this movie I don't think I heard, like, one curse word in Hackers. All I, that's got to be what they got the PG-13 for. They got the PG-13 for brief nudity. It's got to be, because you see Angelina Jolie. I'm going to run this to the ground, I'm sorry. Because you see Angelina Jolie's boobs, and you see Jesse Bradford's butt. That's got to be what they got the PG-13 for, because there's no cursing in this movie. I, I don't think I heard one curse word in this goddamn movie. Um, Another, another question I have is... How old is Lord Nikon? Because he's hanging out with teenagers. He's hanging out with teenagers and he looks 45. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he looks 45 years old hanging out with teenagers. This dude don't go to school. Because all the... um, All the hackers go to school but Lord Nikon. He's got to be like... This dude looks like he's in his 40s. He looks like he's in his 40s. But... He's still a whole fucking icon to me, though. You know, like he's still a whole fucking icon to me. Cause I was looking at this shit, and I was just like, I think I talked about Lord Nikon. I'm like, Lord Nikon's cool as shit, man. I was like, and it's like the first time you like see like black see like black guys like mess with computers. You know, like it's like it's dope, man. He's like doing he a whole icon up in here. Like Lord Nikon is the dude, man. Um, uh, when the hackers start fucking with uh Agent Gill, is the this some of the funny as shit you know it's some of the funniest shit because they fucked this dude's life up you're like he can't pay for nothing uh he, he like he got like parking tickets up the ass uh, at one point they, they said he's dead you know it's the funniest shit man i laugh my ass off at that um the, the another funny thing in here these late these raids man these raids these swat raids are hilarious and shit because they come out of nowhere <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's just raid after raid after raid from the beginning it's just like like a character goes into his apartment or house or something like that and it's a dude up in there with the gun like freeze fbi or whatever the fuck you know he's <laughs> <You know? laughs> like yo what the fuck and <laughs> there's a lot of raids raids to the end they should have called this movie the raid but anyway uh Let's talk about Fisher Stevens' as The Plague. The plague is played like a supervillain. He also dresses like a mid-90s supervillain. So, what did I expect? You know, like, you know, like, in the, uh, in the 90s, where, like, they wanted to do superhero movies or video game movies, but they really didn't want to do, like, the superhero, like, not the superhero, but the supervillains, like, costume and no shit like that? Because they was like, oh, man, that looks gay, or whatever the fuck. And it looks silly or whatever they would just put them in, like, a leather jacket or have them dress weird or some shit like that. That's what The Plague is. The Plague is a mid-'90s supervillain. He even talks like a mid-'90s supervillain. Speaking of fashion, mid-'90s fashion was weird as shit because I think everybody thought in the future everybody was going to dress like a disco ball for some reason because, like, uh, Acid Burn, uh, Kate, and uh, uh, Day... Go to uh, this uh, underground nightclub to go talk to Razor and Blade, the guys that host Hack the Planet, because they want them to ha- help them. And everybody in that, everybody in that, uh, everybody in that um, that club, that underground club, is dressed like a fucking disco ball. They're like either they dress like a disco ball, they ain't got no shirt on, they got leather pants on. They're like, I was like, this is what people thought. People in the '90s, anyway, this is what people in the '90s thought that people were gonna dress like in the future, and they're 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 not right, you know. Like a lot of clothes right here are bright and colorful. Like they're not dressed like fucking Mad Max or whatever. Like it's a post apocalyptic world. <laughs> you know, I mean? that's not how we dress. But I still love the last half of this movie though. The last last half of this movie is the best part because I just love how they outsmart everyone. I mean, like, they still get caught, but then, like, they still outsmart everybody and get away. I was like, I love that part. The, the, last, the last half is, is really strong. It finishes strong. I love that. Overall, I still think this movie is a cult classic. I still have fun watching this movie because, like, it's not a bad movie. It's just outdated. A lot of the things in here are outdated. A lot of the things in here are so of its time. Like, this movie really transports you to 1995. <laughs> it was like, you... If you want to hop into a time machine and go back to see what 1995 was like, go watch Hackers. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all I got to say is that. Uh, I really ain't got a lot of negative things to say about this movie, other than, like, John Lee Miller's accent is bad and John Lee Miller's performance is wooden. Other than that, there's not much wrong. There's not much wrong with this movie. I give it a four out of five. Join me next week when I review 2000's Road Trip. Till next time, peace.